Hello, welcome to Crusher Talk. I'm your friend, Haley Crusher Kane, and I'm here drinking my day trip CBD infused sparkling water. This stuff is delicious. I don't know if you guys have tried it, but I know that um, gro a grocery outlet has it and they're pretty cheap. Um, I found them for like six bucks a pop in Detroit and at grocery outlet, they were uh, like $1.99 a pop. So if you need a CBD infused drink to calm you down, this is the one. I just like the way it tastes too. It's just very refreshing. I'm just here to talk about things that are going on in the Crusherverse as always. Um, I did go to Cole's French Dip in Los Angeles. Um, as you guys may know, I am a Philippe's French Dip person. Um, I am a multi-generational Philippe's person because my grandfather and grandmother on my mother's side went there back in the 30s and then um, they would take my mom and she took me and so I'm a Philippe's person through and through and I will tell you when it comes to French dip in LA although the two sandwich joints do both claim that they were the first ones um, there are just a few things I feel like it's compa it's comparing apples to oranges so Cole's is mostly I feel like it's a bar that sells sandwiches. That's just my opinion. Um, it was very like divey kind of bar, um, of course, with ex exorbitant prices, super expensive prices. Um, I think opened in 1908, I want to say. I think it's the, one of the oldest continually operating buildings in Los Angeles. Um, I don't want to like read off of Wikipedia. I'm just trying to remember what I looked up about it. Um, but apparently there was a guy who had like tooth. Like he had like a dental issue and like he couldn't eat the French bread because it was too hard. And so um, the French bread was dipped, you know, into the au jus. And because, um, you know, French dip didn't really exist before then. I mean, this was like something that was completely new. That became French dip. And that's what Coles claims. Um, I don't know who's first or whatever, but I just feel like, again, it's like two totally competing things. Like I'd never been to Coles. Uh, Coles is downtown, um, near like the downtown core area. And although I say the ambiance is pretty killer cause it is like a cool divey, like dark bar with like red booths. Um, it has a C rating, a C rating. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten at a place with a C rating, um, from the health code from the health department. Um, so it's, it's got that going on. And I noticed there were like some original light fixtures that had the Coles logo on them or the Coles name, which I just thought was kind of a cool touch. It just really does feel like you're walking into this classic establishment. Um, however, I feel like the sandwiches, I mean, I really like a fully dipped and submerged sandwich and that's what Philippe's does so well at Coles. You just get like this little thing of au jus and I just felt like it didn't do it for me. Second of all, I think the meat, I, I got the roast beef, classic roast beef, shared it with Reed. I think the roast beef is not as seasoned or just not as flavorful as the Philippe's roast beef. That's just my opinion. And then at Philippe's, you get this spicy mustard that it's almost like a Dijon mustard consistency, but it's got that like spicy horseradish flavor. Um, whereas at Kohl's, you're getting a chunky mustard that has visible like chunks of horseradish in it. So it's just a different thing. It's very, very spicy mustard, but it's not as smooth as the Philippe's mustard. However, where Kohl's does get it right is they do have this atomic pickle, which is a spicy pickle. 
And I'm really into that. I had actually never heard of that. I didn't know that was like a big thing there. It comes with the sandwich. And I will say also their fries were incredible. And I'm not really someone who cares that much about French fries. Like I just take them or leave them. And wow, their French fries were really good. However, at Philippe's, you know, you can get not only um, a slice of pie or pudding, but you could also get macaroni salad or potato salad, all sorts of different things. It's like a cafeteria style. So you can just get any any little thing you want you can get at Philippe's. Um and and then the real the real big 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 difference to me also is like one is a bar that's open from 4 p.m. to like 2 a.m. and the other is a restaurant that's been around I guess this the exact same amount of time pretty much um but it's like more family friendly it's it's open during the daytime um I feel like I always end up going to Philippe's like around 11 a.m. And Philippe's is by Union Station in L.A. Um, let me look at the hours. 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wow, they're up until 10 p.m. So that was my that was my take on it. I felt like it was important to bring this to you guys. This is a very important, you know, assessment. And I've been meaning to get to Kohl's for a really long time. So for better or worse, um, I don't know. Kohl's is... 7 out of 10 for me, okay? I think Philippe's is a 10 out of 10. Cole's is a 7 out of 10. Um, we went down to LA to listen to some mixes and like meet up with our collaborator, John Miller, who played a lot of guitar and did a lot of backing vocals on Modern, Modern Adult Kicks. And he's just kind of become a sonic collaborator. He's an engineer in his own right and recently graduated from um, engineering school, sound engineering school. And, um, yeah, he's just got a great ear. He's got great taste and he's just become such a awesome member of the band. So we really wanted him to be there and he lives just like a block from the kitten robot studios in LA. So that was great. He was able to just stroll over there, met up with Paul Rossler, who of course is our awesome producer and just really, you can't talk about kitten robot without Paul. Paul is and he posted on Facebook like all the bands he recorded last year in 2023. And wow, it was like very, very impressive. Like, I don't know how he finds the time, but he does. And he really cares about the artists and he wants to honor like what the artists are doing. And, you know, he, he, producers are hard to come by because, you know, you're paying someone to care, not just to record you, but to care, to care about the art and to care about what you're doing. And, you know, when people are busy and maybe, you know, it's just to find someone who actually cares that that's, that's golden. Um, so we all met up together and just kind of went over some tweaks we want to, um, see happen for these songs. Um, and we're looking at like what the first single is going to be and like discussing that it's all very exciting. And we also got to sign some little, um, little signed thank yous that are going to go into the 45 um, vinyl single split single that we're doing with Josie Cotton, which I should tell you is going to be opening for pre-order, I believe next week. So I'll have a big announcement on that soon. That's going to be lust for life on one side crushers on other side will be Josie Cotton day of the gun, which is the title track of her latest album. That's really awesome. You should check it out. Um, so we got to sign our little things and also got to go to my Aunt Susie's 80th birthday party at the Cabrillo Yacht Club in San Pedro. And wow, that was like such a blast from the past. I saw so many like cousins that I hadn't met. I hadn't seen in like, God, 20 years or more, um, which I thought was just like 
I don't know. It was, it was great. Um, one of my cousins that I hadn't seen since I was like maybe seven years old. Um, he was like, he was like, I, I remember when we were like little, we had like a, a drawing contest of who could draw the draw trees better and you won the drawing contest. And that was like the one memory that he has of us hanging out and like running around, um, in the backyard of, uh, my aunt and uncle's house. And I just think that's so funny. It's like the random stuff you remember with family is, it, I don't know. It's, it's funny when that stuff gets unlocked in your brain and you go, wow, that dormant memory was sitting there for a very long time. Um, so there's a lot of that going on and just, it was just really sweet to honor my aunt. And, um, she's such a, like larger than life personality and a sailboat racer and just a real badass woman, business owner. Um, it was just really cool to celebrate somebody turning 80, like 80 years old, like 80. That's such an accomplishment in its own right. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm really grateful to know a, a few people, I guess, that are in their seventies to eighties and their perspective on life is very, very important. I think that more people should be asking 80 year old people, um, what they think about certain topics and issues and troubles, troubles and woes that are not really troubles and woes when you're 80 years old. Right. Um, what else is going on? We have started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, because we finished Seinfeld. Dr. Kane and I finished Seinfeld. We started it last winter and we finished it a couple weeks ago. And wow, that finale is terrible. I don't remember it from when it first aired, like the finale. I just remember like certain episodes here and there. One of them being um, when Kramer creates like a little living space in his shower and puts a garbage disposal in his shower. For some reason, that one really stuck with me. And of course, Festivus. Um, but man, that Seinfeld ending, so bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but it is on Netflix right now. So if you really want to like just take a, a stroll down memory lane. Uh, highly recommend. Like, watch the – if you don't really care, just watch the ending because it, it, it like, brings back every – well, not every, but a lot of the characters from throughout this season um, who are basically telling the gang that they are terrible people. And I had to say, it kind of reminded me a bit of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, how they're always sort of, I don't know, like, pissing off everyone around them and then just being – I don't know, put on trial. Um, so anyways, it, that was kind of cool. We got onto Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm actually reading a book about Larry David called Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good um, because I just started getting really interested in him and thinking about, I don't know, how he is George Costanza and how he basically, his entire life and personality is put into this character. And I have to say, George was George is the best character on Seinfeld. Um, I just wanted more George. And so if you want more George, you have to just get more Larry David. So, um, curb your enthusiasm. Very, very into that. Um, what else? What else? Um, Ooh, we're planning a really fun event coming up next month in San Luis Obispo, California, where we are at the moment. And I cannot wait to talk about these details. I had a meeting with the gang, um, today that we're going to be working with. And let me just say it's at a local art space. It's going to be one of our crush, signature crush events, like our summer crush and our spring crush events. Neil Breton is going to be involved, of course, doing some really fun art sets. And um, I don't know, it just I, I want to give you all the details when I have the link 
uh, to buy tickets and just more info for you. Um, also, things are just in the incubation phase right now. So I just, I don't know, it just seems a little premature to talk about it, but I'm just really excited. And it's just fitting because I had thought like, I got to do at least one show in slow before we go back to Detroit. But to be honest, no, no nothing really uh, enticed me. I mean, I was like, okay, I could go where? Like, I mean, there's, there's places in North County we could play, uh, that are cool. Um, but San Luis Obispo, California is proper that the city itself is just really lacking in terms of the live music scene. Um, unless you're trying to do like a winery thing or like a acoustic set, like it's just not the place for the crushers. And it's become more and more apparent every time we visit. Um, so to do this in slow at, in an art space, Hopefully the cops won't shut us down again because that has happened in the past, which is hilarious. It's like, really, do you have anything better to do? Um, so I'm excited about that. That's just really fun. And I'm, there's going to be such like fun costuming and really cool videos we're going to do of it and photos. And we're going to, you know, maybe even try to like, maybe not live stream it, but we'll definitely try to get some video so people can watch it from all over the place. Um what else is happening right now? Dr. Kane is working a lot. He's got a lot going on. Um, I am working on my day job <laughs> marketing and, um, taking on some new, some new projects, which has been cool. Um, one of the projects I've been working on lately has, is like within the medical field. And that's just like a whole new world for me. I don't know the jargon. It's very much like hieroglyphics to me. So I'm very grateful for my recent ADHD diagnosis and all the things that I know about my brain, because when taking on a new project, a new task and like learning a whole new kind of language and new clients, all this stuff, um, it can be very overwhelming, but I feel like I have such better tools. Like the past year, when I think about 2023, I mean, that's such a big part of it is gaining a lot of tools around my ADHD, being diagnosed and understanding it and like coming to terms with it and also celebrating the parts of that um, neurodivergence that make me great and make my life great and aren't necessarily terrible. Of course, there are things that are difficult and you look back at your life and you think about the ways as a kid you thought you were stupid or thought you know, you weren't measuring up or you were not normal. And that's painful. I, yeah, that you go through that, but there's other side of it where you realize like there is really some cool, um, superhero qualities that you get with certain neurodivergent brains. And one of them being hyper-focus, uh, to focus on something you're really passionate about and just to sink your teeth into it and just really get into it. I now look at that and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I have that because more often than not, when I am doing that, it's like something I really care about. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful I have that surge of motivation in me. Um, when I want to, when I do got to do something I don't really want to do. Yeah, it's a little harder, but like I said, I have a lot of better tools. Um, I usually think of a word of the year for the new year, but I did not come up with anything yet. I spent um, the holidays up in Washington, visiting my mom and my stepdad. We went up to Victoria, British Columbia, which was really cool. We had a great trip. And when we got back, it was, I think the day before New Year's Eve. And I was just like, nope, I'm not going out. I actually laid in bed in my pajamas. I put my pajamas on at like 3 PM on New Year's Eve, got in my bed with my, I have my journal. Then I have my bullet journal 
yeah, I have two journals right now. <laughs> um, and my giant ass paper calendar, analog calendar, which is like a big, like calendar you can write on. This is so ADD. My big ass calendar, my markers. And I just was like, I'm going to manifest this new year and think about what I want to put on this calendar and start there. And it was like, okay, we're going to put our pickleball classes on here. We're going to do yoga. We're going to, um, play some cool shows that I'm prioritizing and like excited to like create shows around those events. One of them being in New York and the other being in New Orleans. Like just thinking about the year from an aerial view has just been very helpful. I don't know if you guys have the time to do that or if you have done that, but it can feel really cathartic to just be like, I am looking at the whole year. I don't know what the hell is actually going to happen because things do happen. Um, But I do have control over the things that I want to put on my calendar and that I prioritize for myself and for my cute little family and my cute little puppies. So that is how I spend New Year's Eve. Hopefully you guys had a good one. I Last New Year's Eve, we played a big show at the Melody Inn in Indianapolis. And um, that was one of those shows where I was, yeah, I wasn't drinking because it's been almost a year for me. And I was like, man, New Year's Eve is such a drunk holiday. Like, it was a really fun show. It was packed and we got to play like at midnight, which was very exhilarating and cool. And like, I got to wear a pink wig, which I enjoyed. And some face, some, some face, some face glittery stones that I glued onto my face with eyelash glue. That's, that's always good. But, um, I was like, man, it is, it's, it's a rough one out there. If you're not drinking on New Year's Eve, I mean, it's, it's just a very drunk, very, like, I feel like there's a lot of energy in New Year's Eve that has nowhere to go. Like it's sort of this pent up energy that just is like very chaotic, like blah, like it's New Year's. Like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of intention behind New Year's Eve. Like I guess with the holidays, the intention is a family with Thanksgiving, it's food and family. New Year's Eve is just kind of like, like, (laughs) you know, and then the next day you're supposed to wake up and be like, I'm going to resolve to be a much better person in every way. Um, which is really quite tragic and I guess makes a lot of sense when you think about how many people just either don't do New Year's resolutions or just like fail like miserably at them. Um, like I said, I'm just wading into the new year very intentionally and thinking about the things I want to accomplish and not rushing myself to even understand all of those things and to have a word of the year. I'm kind of waiting for it to come to me. So that's where I'm at. Um, We are just excited because we have this awesome event coming up next month. And like, I just haven't had an art event like this in a while. I guess since we did the wrestling gig um, with Hot Talent Buffet, the the fun wrestling, (laughs) the live wrestling gig that we did, which was just like the wackiest thing we've ever done as a band. Um, And we have all these new singles and like hearing them really come together and putting the final touches on them. Uh, there's nothing better. Um, and of course, delving back into like the demos for new songs and things that um, I want to work on in 2024. So those are all good things. Um, I hope you had a good holiday. I hope that you spent time with family. And if you didn't spend time with family, you spent time with friends. And if you didn't spend time with friends, you spent time with, I don't know, animals, <laughs> animals and good food. Um, it's beautiful here in California. And uh, we're really taking advantage of that. Lots of surf days, 
just trying to get outside as much as possible. And in fact, I'm going to go for a walk here any minute to the post office. And my perspective on sunshine in the winter is very, very different. (laughs) Um, I do appreciate it. I know this is the week that Detroit is finally going to get winter weather. And Reed has been looking at the weather. I I don't tend to, but he, he does. And the contrast is remarkable, especially since Detroit is, I think, going to be going down into like zero degrees um, this upcoming week. So not looking forward to jumping back into that. But at the same time, like, you know, we miss our friends in Detroit and we miss like a lot of the adventures that we were sort of half stepping into and we're like kind of almost figuring out when we decided to come back. So Until then, until, you know, March, we'll be here uh, working on who knows what. (laughs) I'll keep you guys posted on this event coming up next month. Um, It's just going to be such a blast. And the theme is awesome. The theme is going to really inspire some interesting costumes. And for anyone that can't come to it, um, the event is going to be on the February 17th, by the way, Saturday. Um, There'll be plenty of, like, content. I'm going to make sure this year – with um, our partnership with Neil, you know, we've done this sort of crush event. I guess this is like our fifth time. We've done it a few times now. This year, I'm going to make sure we get some really good content just to like convey just all the fun of it. You know, that's that's the point of these things, right? It's like, let's have fun. Let's stick it to the man. Um, there's There's just not a lot of like weirdness happening in slow anymore. And so if we can shake things up and just... I don't know, add a little intrigue, then that's all I care about. I will talk with you next time. And until then, um, sparkle hard.